In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Open the eyes of our faith, that we may behold him in all his redeeming work. It's a great uh, prayer that we, that we pray on this, um, this third Sunday of Easter. Um, when we often read of this passage of uh, the disciples, meeting with Jesus along the road to Emmaus, having their eyes open the breaking of bread. And this is our great sort of Episcopal uh, week um, when, we, when we talk about uh, sacraments and how, how Jesus made known to us in the breaking of bread and in the scriptures, so not just in the scriptures, uh, but in the sacraments as well. Um, at least that's typically our interpretation of what the breaking of bread is. Although... Breaking bread also sort of constitutes like coffee hour, right? And other things where we where we gather together in fellowship in Christian love with one another um, and over over a meal and over that common experience of Christ's great love. Uh, we have, so these great lessons today, we have, we have three really great lessons that talk to us um, about the resurrection of Jesus um, as we really continue this theme of resurrection. I mean, I guess in some ways, Christian life is the theme of resurrection over and over and over again. But um, really, we, we have Easter Day for the third time in a row in our gospel lesson. We have the resurrection um, story on Easter Day. And last week, the disciples were hidden in the room and Jesus sort of came into it um, and said, peace be with you, which is a great thing uh, for Jesus to say, right? Those are the, 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 the perfect words to say, not what do you think you were doing by running away from me uh, and leaving me there, but instead, peace be with you, right? Uh, and then here today, um, later in the afternoon, as Jesus walks with um, these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus as they go back from the Passover of celebration. And Jesus says, what are you talking about? And they say, are you kidding? Right? Like, are you the only person who doesn't know what's going on? Um, all the things that have been taking place. And Jesus says, what things? Right? And so they start saying, well, there's this guy, Jesus. We thought he was going to be the savior of Israel, but our chief priests hand him over to be crucified. And, um, and that was a couple few days ago, and since then, some women in our group went to the tomb, and they said they saw angels and nothing there, and that Jesus risen. And we went to check it out, but we didn't see anything. So, but we didn't see Jesus either. And and Jesus says, "Oh, right, you're you know you have little faith, and don't you understand anything?" And begins to open the scriptures. And tell them all the Old Testament from the books of Moses, so from Genesis basically to Malachi, and all the prophets and everything in between, uh, sort of summarizing the Old Testament, which, which wouldn't you have loved to be there for that? Because then you begin a nice summary of the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is long and sometimes very complicated. Um, and of, of everything that had to take place in the history of Israel and the salvation plan, that God had from the beginning of time. 
And then Jesus is about to keep going, and they say, no, no, come join us. Right? And Jesus comes in, breaks the bread, and as he breaks the bread, says the blessing, which is uh, similar to the Last Supper, similar to the feeding of the 5,000, similar to Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, right? Is their eyes were opened, and Jesus just vanishes. And they say, oh, we're not our hearts burning when he was speaking to us. Now we know, and in many ways, this is, this is that, that little glimpse also of, of this, um, this time between, between Easter and Pentecost, where the resurrected Jesus appears, and they have like little, little Holy Spirit sort of like sprinklings, right? They're not filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're like sprinkled with the Holy Spirit. Peter and are sort of sprinkled with the Holy Spirit as they continue to have these revelations about who Jesus is. And, and in many ways, it's, it's, it's important to understand that, that, that reality because for us who live in this sort of post-Pentecost era, Right, who were were didn't weren't there during those fifty days? We always sort of have that glimpse of the Holy Spirit. We have that Holy Spirit that, that allows us to to understand and to know and to believe and to trust and to repent and, and the rest of it. Um, but during this time, it's it's a, it's that um, in the breaking of bread and this conversation with Jesus, where their eyes are open, they have the little sprinklings of the Spirit of God that allow them understand who Jesus was and they immediately turned back because a seven mile walk wasn't a long enough walk and they had seven miles back to Jerusalem to go see the disciples which is amazing so like a little mini half marathon right they got a little 13.1 sticker <laughs> to put on their bag and their donkey as they came back home um, but it tells us the power of, of the resurrection and moreover, this, this, the power of the scriptures and the breaking of bread um, that, that we have when we come together. Um, and, 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 and this is similar to what happens in Acts. We're, we're doing Acts chapter 2 for three weeks in a row. Next week we sort of finish off Acts chapter 2 with all these little itty-bitty things that sort of begin with... Peter's sermon, which came after Pentecost, right? This is when the sermon happens. And, and Peter begins to preach. And last week we heard Peter give the sermon. Um, and this week we have the people say, now what should we do? Right? Which is always a better way to end a sermon with, with people saying, what should we do than me just telling you what you should do for the most part, um, or any preacher. But what should we do? Peter says, repent, be baptized, so you can receive the Holy Spirit. So we see that this, this, the gift of, of the Spirit of God is indeed the, the end goal for us to have because it's the Spirit of God that enables us to live in, in Christian community, which we will see till next week, but I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little preview. Um, not to take away from Gwen's sermon next week, but she can she can certainly build on that from from that. But where they say, right, 
And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had things in common. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. And having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so we see this amazing aspect of what it is to, to receive the Holy Spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we begin to be drawn into Christian community with one another. We continue to gather together breaking bread, um, which is fellowship meals, but also breaking bread, which is the Eucharist, right? It's, it's why this is such an important aspect of our life together. Um, I, I had a bit, my, my bishop in, in the Diocese of Albany, the, the Suffragan Bishop, Bishop Benna, who was also a military um, chaplain uh, before that, said, you know, when you're, when you're a military chaplain, you have to sort of endure all these various different types of services, right? These different, so there's like Episcopal communion services, but then there's the Protestant services. And he'd say, because you know, you know, as Episcopalians, we believe one thing. We believe that, that you know, in, in the Eucharist, um, this, this becomes, we, we, we pray for the Holy Spirit to sanctify these gifts and that they may become the body and blood of, of Jesus. And that they may, they may um, work in us and something happens, right, of God's grace when we come to receive it. Because, and then, because we have other, other denominations where they don't really believe that that happens. But guess what? They go say the prayer and I go receive it. And guess what? Something happens when I receive it. So it doesn't really actually matter what the theology of one denomination or the other denomination is, when we come together in faith to receive the Lord's Supper, Supper, Holy Communion, the Eucharist, the Mass, whatever it is you, you want to call it, in faith something happens. Because we come to receive the glory of, of Christ's body and blood, and we receive the fellowship of remembering that's that act of Christ's death resurrection, ascension, ascending the Holy Spirit, that something happens. And I think it's a, it's a powerful thing for me to always remember, because too often, too often we, we might um, get into the way that there's a way, right, that this, this works. We need to do it this way for it to happen, as if it's somehow um, us and not God who's at work within us, that God's at work in the scriptures, that God's at work in the sacraments, that God's at work in, in the way in our fellowship and our communion with one another, that when we gather, even for coffee hour or Matthias mixers or whatever, breakfast, that God is there and it's the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, bringing us um, deeper into fellowship and love with one another, that, that the Holy Spirit's the central aspect and component of all. For this indeed is, is the goal, and, and Peter says this in his, 
in his reading as well, in his letter to where he says, you've been ransomed. You've been ransomed and now you have the Spirit of God, which is an imperishable gift, not a perishable gift like gold and silver, but imperishable, the, the gift that lasts forever. And so we come today and each week like the disciples who were coming back on Emmaus, to have our eyes opened and our hearts burning. That as we come to this holy table today, that indeed we might receive fellowship with Christ and with one another. For, for this is what the sacrament is anyway, right? An outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. If we want to quote the catechism, and the bishop will be very happy that I'm quoting the catechism because the bishop's on the catechism kick right now. And um, but it's good to be to be reminded what the catechism says anyway of, of what it is that we believe. What is what are the outward and visible signs of the Eucharist? The bread and the wine, which the inward spiritual grace that they represent. The body and blood of Jesus, which brings us uh, the forgiveness of our sins and the foretaste of that heavenly banquet they will share with him. And the, the communion together of Christ's love as we gather with one another and encourage one another and strengthen one another. And it's that reality that we are a family, right? This is who we break bread with, friends, family, loved ones. Jesus is our host, and, and, and not that I'm going to do it, but there's, there's you know, we've, we had about, about 30 years ago or so, big, maybe longer ago than that, big push, right, to make sure the altar got moved out so we could be more like this. But the, there is sort of a reality that when the priest stands this way, that it's Jesus who's actually the celebrant of the Eucharist and not the priest. And I'm not saying we should go back to that way. I'm just saying that there is a reality that when the priest is saying this is this way, that we're all in this together, that Jesus is the one, because Jesus is the celebrant. Jesus is the one who invites us to the altar to receive his body and blood. Jesus is the one who invites us to communion and fellowship with one another. Jesus is the one who strengthens us and encourages us, who opens our hearts and our faith that we might be deeper in love, not only with God, not only with one another, but with the world. For God has called us into this fellowship to strengthen us, to encourage us, so that, as it says, the very end, we might go forth as living witnesses, as living vessels, as empowered persons, glowing and, 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 and strengthened with the sacrament that we may go forth proclaiming God's grace and love to a broken and hurting world. This is um, that we might get up and be like the disciples and be ready to sprint out seven miles back to Jerusalem, excited and thrilled with the glory of who God is. So, um, 
Indeed, let's we'll pray again this prayer. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith, that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.